0: Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Hort, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The just once, can we figure out what we keep doing wrong? Edition, as we take an in-depth look back at a heartbreaking 21-17 loss in Buffalo that dropped the Bengals to 0-3 this season. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, locker room comments from players and coaches, and Dave Lapham will join me for post-game analysis. Plus, in this week's Fun Facts conversation, we'll meet the person under the pads as I'll talk to one of the best stories on the team this year, Damian Willis, who went from undrafted and unknown to the opening day starting lineup. All of that is straight ahead, but first, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered. Write to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest invention since NFL Game Pass. NFL Game Pass is not cheap. It's about a hundred bucks a year, but it's awesome if you are really into the NFL. It allows you to watch replays of every game commercial free. It gives you access to the all 22 footage that the coaches and players watch it allows you to listen to any NFL radio broadcast live or listen to recorded broadcasts, and it gives you access to NFL Films archives. Again, it costs 100 bucks a year, but you can get a 7-day free trial if you want to check out NFL Game Pass. Now let's get to this week's game in Buffalo. It's no exaggeration to say that the Bengals had one of the most feeble offensive halves in their history on Sunday. Sample motions to the left, Dalton with a short throw, John Ross with the catch, escapes the first hit, fumbles the football. Wow. Buffalo recovers at the 38 yard line.
1: He's saying he's down, but the officials are
0: disagreeing. Here's what the Bengals did on their seven first half drives. Punt, 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 fumble, punt, punt, fumble. Cincinnati did not pick up a first down until there was 157 left in the half.
2: Here's Andy Dalton. We had no rhythm in the first half. We couldn't do anything on first down. We set ourselves back. Third down, we weren't converting. Uh, it's hard to get a first down in that first half.
0: Buffalo got on the scoreboard late in the first quarter. First down and goal from the one. Three tight ends and a fullback in. A tight end goes in motion, then reverses direction. Allen rolling out to the right, throws it into the end zone. Touchdown! Dawson knocks with the catch. When Buffalo lined up to kick the extra point, the Bengals had 12 men on the field. That penalty gave the Bills the opportunity to go for a two-point conversion from the one-yard line and they capitalized for an 8-0 lead. So that penalty was worth a point, and on the ensuing kickoff, another penalty cost the Bengals seven more. Darius Phillips waiting at the goal line. This kick, not deep, it's returnable. Phillips from the nine yard line, veering toward the middle of the field, crosses the 20, breaks through a tackle at Stay the up. 30, runs to the 40 toward oh. the middle of the field. He's off to the races. There's a penalty flag back at the 43. Phillips goes the distance but we don't think his touchdown is going to count. Darius Phillips returned five kickoffs for touchdowns in college, but a questionable holding penalty on Auden Tate wiped out what would have been his first in the NFL. Um, I actually
3: didn't see the uh, holding yet, but um, you know, like they said, they said that, uh, that the NFL been picking up on the holding call, so I guess they just, they see anything they think look wrong or look, they just gonna call it.
0: While the Bengals offense floundered in the first half, the Bills drove up and down the field without adding more touchdowns. They drove to the 16 and kicked a field goal. They drove to the 15 and Sam Hubbard forced a fumble. They drove to the 27 and settled for another field goal. Even though first half-first downs were 18-1 to and time of possession was 23 minutes to 7, the Bengals only trailed 14-0 at the half. Here are offensive linemen Andre Smith and John Miller.
3: Coach challenged us at halftime to come out and play our style of football the way we know we can play, and we went and did that.
0: Challenged you emotionally?
3: Just knew we could play better. Like we were in a tough environment, but we've been in a tough environment once this season already. And he just challenged us to come out and play hard and play outstanding football, and we did that. He challenged the whole team. He challenged the whole team to stay together. Because um, at the end of the day, no matter what we go through, you know, there's always going to be adversity uh, and things like that. But you know, I thought we had, uh, I thought we did a good job of coming together, uh, leaning on each other. We linked on, the, on the defense. They linked on us, and uh, we got a couple drives there uh, in the second half. So it was good. It was encouraging. Uh, we look, looking forward to next week.
0: The spark that lit the fuse in the third quarter was provided by the defense. Third down and seven for Buffalo. Allen back to throw, scrambling, in trouble, Finish. and he manages to fling the ball downfield. It's intercepted. Baby. The yeah. Bengals are running it back. It's Phillips. Darius Phillips inside the 30, the 25, yeah. oh, the 20, man. and he goes out of bounds. A 19-yard pass to Tyler Eifert put the ball at the one-yard line. First down and goal from the one for the Bengals, trailing by 14 points with 5.55 left the third quarter. Dalton catches a shotgun snap, hands it to Mixon, and he will lose. No, it was a fake, and Andy Dalton ran it in. He completely faked out me and the defense with the zone read fake to Joe Mixon, and Andy Dalton runs it in for a one-yard touchdown. His 19th career rushing touchdown, and the Bengals are on the scoreboard. A great call by Zach Taylor, and a crappy one by Dan Horde. The Bengals were only down by 7, and just like that, they started to pick the Bills apart. Cincinnati's next drive went 82 yards on 11 plays and ended with a tying score. Inches away from a potential tying touchdown, early fourth quarter. Dalton's under center, he takes the snap, he rolls out to the right, he's looking for Mixon, he throws, touchdown! As Dalton delivers to Joe Mixon, and now the Bengals are an extra point away from tying this game. Mixon finished with 61 rushing yards and 34 more receiving. 77 of those 95 total yards came in the second half.
3: We're going to get better. We're going to get it right. Um, It sucks that it was week three, and we still, you know, talking about the same stuff, but... Uh, you know, like I said, we figured it out, and I guarantee you that ain't going to happen again.
0: With the score tied, the Bengals got the ball back at their own 15-yard line and drove 60 yards before stalling at the Buffalo 25. A 43-yard try for the lead from the middle of the field for Randy Bullock. Harris will snap. Huber will hold. The snap, the put-down, the swing of the leg. The kick is on its way, and it yeah. is good. yeah and the Bengals have taken the lead with four minutes and 54 seconds to go on a 43 yard field goal by Randy Bullock. For the second time in their first three games, the Bengals had a fourth quarter lead, but as was the case in Seattle, they could not protect it. A 49 yard pass to tight end slash freight train, Dawson Knox put the Bills at the Bengals 22, and quarterback Josh Allen took over from there with two scrambles and a designed run that helped put the ball on the one-yard line. Third down and goal inside the one. Allen takes the snap, hands off to Gore, and he knifes into the end zone for a go-ahead touchdown with one minute and 50 seconds to go. 78-year-old Frank Gore scored the go-ahead touchdown, but Allen's scrambling was the key in the red zone. Here's Sam Hubbard.
3: Yeah, he's very big, very fast, very elusive, and he's really hard to bring down. Um, You know, he was run all over the place. We were worn out, trying to chase him down, but um, he's a great player.
0: With 150 left, the Bengals drove from their own 25 to Buffalo's 28, needing a touchdown since they were down by four. 21 seconds left, the Bengals down by four on third and four, Dalton's back to pass, he fires too high, it's deflected and intercepted at the 10 yard line, the pass for Auden Tate was high and the ricochet goes to Tredavious White to give the Buffalo Bills the win the final score Buffalo 21 Cincinnati 17 here are Andy Dalton Joe Mixon and John Miller
2: yeah you know we're in these games we put ourselves in position to have a chance to win at the end and um you know we have to make the play you know, I've got to throw a better ball at the end. You know, we get down there, we got another chance to, um, you know, to score a touchdown to win to win this one. So I mean, there's a couple plays in each game that, you know, if you head back, you know, you make certain plays, then, um, you know, then that, that could change the outcome of the game. And you never know when that play is going to be the one that's going to do it. But, um, you know, for us, I think we sh- we got to just focus on us, focus on what we're doing, and. Um, do everything we can to be playing our best football come next week?
3: You yeah, know, it's definitely frustrating. Um, to come up short like that, I mean, it's it hurt. But at the end of the day, we put ourselves in that bind on the offense. So, you know, we got to put that on ourselves. The defense, you know, they played that out today. So, you know, for us, we just got to, you know, keep on trying to start fast and, you know, getting each and everybody involved. I mean, I felt like in the second half, we came out balling. You know what I'm saying? That's how it should have been the whole damn game. But, I mean – I mean, you gotta put this one behind us and get on, get on the road, get ready for Pittsburgh. The whole time I kept believing, you know, and same goes for the rest of this team. You know, not a doubt in my mind, we was gonna come out here with a win. And uh, you know, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, we didn't do enough early on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but that's 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 life in the NFL. You know, you lose game by by one point, two points, three points. You know, every every game is gonna be a battle. Every game is gonna be physical. Every game, you know, you gotta come out, you gotta bring it, and. We just came up on a side the end of the state.
0: After three weeks, Zach Taylor is still looking for his first win as a head coach. He spent three minutes with Dave Lapham after the game.
2: They're not discouraged. I, I still see guys with their head held high, and they're playing for each other. And that, that's all we wanted from them. A halftime, we're down 14 nothing. The offense hasn't done anything. The defense has really played really solid. And it finally came together in the second half. And, and guys were playing off each other, encouraging each other. We felt like we were going to win the game. That was the belief on the sidelines, that we were going to win the game. And unfortunately, at the end, we didn't get it done. But it doesn't change the fact that I'm proud of the group we got in the locker room and wouldn't change, change anybody out for anything.
1: The rhythm was never found in the first half, but you found it in the second half. What do you think was the impetus? What was the what was the key to finding that rhythm? Do you think we just
2: couldn't get a first down? You know, we, we went in all week. Our goal was first down efficiency, and we were inefficient on first down than the first quarter. And that's one of the best defenses we'll, we'll face. They're they're well coached. They got great players, and so if they got you behind the sticks again, like San Francisco did, then it, it's hard for us to overcome that sometimes. And we just didn't get that done in the first half. In the second half, we did a great job. Everyone on the same page, doing their job, got the ball moving. You can be a little more creative with what you want to do and and attack them more than they were bringing the fight to us in the first half. And I thought the guys responded well in the second half.
1: There were so many plays in every game. In a a game like this, the uh, kickoff returns nullified by a dicey holding call. The guy turns his back on Auden Tate. I don't know what the hell he's supposed to do, but they call it. And uh, the two-point conversion, you know, 12 men on the field, they go for two. If they don't do that, you know, you might kick a field goal there to tie the football game up. So there's so many plays. You never know what play is going to be a big determining factor in the game. You can play every game, every play as hard as you can, don't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's. if we'd won that game, Buffalo would say the same thing. You know, there was a couple of plays I got away from them. So that's the way it goes. And our guys, we we just got to get it done. And it's coming. Our guys believe the dam's going to break. The winds are going to come. If we keep playing like we're playing and we can put it together for the entire game we're a good football team and i know that the players and the coaches believe that and we're going to stay the course and get it done
1: joe mixon uh, ran hard today caught that screen pass you got him out out the gate on that screen pass looks like it might might go to the house i mean some things started to uh, unfold that when all assembled you think man this might look pretty darn good it's
2: we just got to get it all assembled that's the key and it, it, it again it goes back to we got to play better in the first quarter and if we can get that going then we'll be in good shape but again our guys are going to stay the course we, we know that we can get these things fixed and the wins will come
1: red zone they were really good in the red zone you guys you know knocked them around a little bit in the red zone they were one for three at one point I, don't, I guess they ended up two for four um you, your first two times in red zone you guys you guys finish and uh, you, you were you were taking it to them in in, in some phases of it but Unfortunately, as you know, I mean, as well as anybody in this league, if you dig a fourteen-point hole on the road, that's tough sledding. It is. It was.
2: It was a tough environment. They had a great crowd. It was loud. It was tough to communicate. I thought our guys did a good job hanging in there. Offensive line gave up two sacks. You know, and it's they got a they got a heck of a pass rush, heck of a blitz package, um, and they've affected a lot of quarterbacks. And I thought our guys held in there for the for the second time in a tough environment and held their own. And um, again, we just we we got to find a way to win one of these ones.
0: Since their 4-1 and start last year, the Bengals are 2-12, and and they've dropped their last seven on the road. Time for postgame analysis with Lap.
1: In the NFL, you can't, on the road, anywhere, really, in the NFL, you can't dig a 14-point hole at halftime. And uh, even with that said, they almost came back and, and had the lead and almost won the football game, but um, self-destruction has to stop. I mean, they're, they're not good enough. They don't have a margin for error. To overcome some of the things you know that continue to happen to them, you can't have 12 men in the field on an extra point, and give them the ball at the one-yard line instead of you know where they're going to kick the extra point and and give up two points. If they don't do that, Bengals are in position to kick a potential game-tying field goal at the end of the game. You know, I I, I feel bad for Auden Tate because I think he got hosed by this. You know, the officials uh, got to really focus on calling holding penalties and. The official doesn't see the whole thing. He's blocking a guy. The guy turns his back to pursue Phillips, who's breaking for a touchdown. And all the official sees is the hand and the Auden hand in his back. And it's in the framework of the body that's presented to him. You know, it's like, I don't know what he's supposed to do, really. I don't know what else he's supposed to do. But, you know, they're going to call it. And I just you just try not to put yourself in that situation. So that, that's taken off the board, uh, you know, a, a kickoff return touchdown. So there are so many plays in a game like this. It's going to be a million plays players are going to I remember I did I'd lay awake at night and look at the ceiling and it was like I was watching film, you know, 16 millimeter back down on my ceiling over and over again and plays like oh, if I just held that block a little longer done this or done that. And I'm sure everybody that played in the football game is going to have a player two where they can feel the same way. The running game was better
0: not great, but at least it was somewhat productive, but stopping the run remains a huge problem. 175 yards for Buffalo in this game.
1: Yeah, and uh, a 36 year old running back, you know, is is hammering it up in there. I, I have nothing but respect for Frank Gore. I mean, he is, it's ridiculous to think about what that guy is still doing at the level that he's doing at. you know, a bunch of against a bunch of young guys that are, you know, playing, playing in the National Football League. Good for him. Um, Josh Allen you know he, he will force things he will make mistakes but his legs were a big factor in the football game as well as his throwing arm the guy got him out of trouble with some scrambles he was elusive for such a big guy he was big and strong talking to guys in the Lockham they're like man you know you get your hand on him, you're not gonna pull him down just getting your hand on him. you gotta wrap that big old bear up and uh, he he heard him he made made a lot of plays that keep that kept Buffalo Bills drives alive although you know he gave Phyllis an opportunity and he's so much confidence even when he's falling backwards he's gonna try to fire a thing in there and he'll give guys shots but um, I think he's he's coming on he's advancing but again you have to take care of your business you just Buffalo is good enough to beat you in Buffalo you don't want to help them you don't want to make it easier for them and too many instances the Bengals made it easier for them and I thought Dan in the first half the defense sucked it up they were on the field forever so many snaps in this heat and humidity there was a breeze but man they're on the field a long time and to hold Buffalo to 14 points they were so dynamic in the red zone you know for so many games now and hold them to you know one touchdown or two touchdowns at the end they scored late but two touchdowns and four red zone opportunities a field goal and they didn't score on one opportunity I mean that's 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 pretty, pretty good job by the defense, really, with their backs against the wall sucking it up. So there, there's a lot of things you can draw upon you know, and, and, and build upon. But at some point, you got to win a game.
0: Offensive snaps in the first half were 46 to 19. Time of possession, about 23 minutes to 7 minutes. So let's talk about the comeback in the second half. We both spent some time in the locker room after the game. It sounds like Zach Taylor was pretty fiery both at halftime and after the game,
1: I, I think so. I, I didn't hear any of the happen, but I heard some of the some of the post game, and um, everything he said was right on the money. I mean, it was it was all fact, it was all true, and you know, obviously, uh, admonished him for uh, building that big deficit. I mean, that's a 14-point hole is tough to climb out of on the road, but the fact that they did and took a lead, and you know, if if things if things the, the timing and everything falls into place, they're close. They're close to being a pretty good football team, but, man, they were so disjointed offensively in the first half. They couldn't get a first down, literally. They could not cobble a first down. One minute and 57 seconds left. Incredible. You know, that's, that's just not this group, really. And, uh, you know, but you learn something from every football game. A lot of times you learn a bunch of things from every football game, and uh, hopefully the lessons they learn in this football game will stand them in good stead when they go to Pittsburgh Monday night.
0: You know, it's interesting. They would have had the opportunity had they held on with the lead with less than five minutes to go to potentially go to Pittsburgh without Ben Roethlisberger playing, have a home game against the Cardinals, who had the worst record in the league last year. This was really a pivotal swing game. Yeah,
1: it was It It was. It was a big football game. And, you know, we thought Buffalo's a good football team, but they're not a dominant football team at this point in time. I mean, they, they hadn't really... Knocked off the Chicago Bears of the 80s, or the you know the San Francisco 49ers of the 70s and 80s. Um, so you know th- there was some vulnerability there, but again, you got to take yourself off the schedule. I mean, if I'm just waiting for them to to play a clean game, you know, and it's never going to be perfectly clean in the National Football League, but it can't be as dirty as they've been. You know, you just can't you can't overcome so many uh, problems that are created by you know, yourself to yourself.
0: Up next, a Monday night road game in Pittsburgh against the Steelers without Big Ben. They are also 0-3 after a 24-20 loss in San Francisco. Mason Rudolph threw for 174 yards and two touchdowns with one pick in his first start at quarterback. Now time for this week's Fun Facts interview where we get to know the person under the pads. And it's one of the best stories on this year's roster a guy that went from undrafted and unknown to the opening day starting lineup. Time for some fun facts with wide receiver Damian Willis from Meridian, Mississippi, on the eastern edge of the state, not too far from the Alabama border. What's a kid do growing up in Meridian?
4: Uh, Growing up, uh, I was like a country boy, so I was always like hauling hay. I was always with my grandparents. They always was like haul hay take care of the horses take care of the cows so it's kind of a surprise that people don't think I'm really like like from the country but like as I talked to them they were like oh yeah I can see it I can see it I can hear it in your voice a little bit sounds like
0: hard work to me but you describe it with a smile on your face
4: yes you know like as I was young I didn't really like look at it as, look at it as hard work I always looked at it as I'm helping out my grandparents like it was just fun for me to be around like my grandparents them because one, I didn't, like, have my dad growing up, so to be around them was, like, a joy. But as I realized when I got older, I realized I was, like, I was really doing, like, farming stuff, like, country stuff. I didn't, I didn't realize until I got older.
0: We're doing Fun Facts with Damian Willis. You were largely raised by your mom, who is a hospice nurse, caring for people in their final days. That's like an angel on earth, in my opinion. Tell us a little bit about
4: her and the biggest lessons she passed on to you. Um, she's like, I always treat people how you would want to be treated, and she's always been hardworking. Um, i seen her, like, struggle. Struggle, like, that, that really, like, hurted me growing up. She probably didn't think I understood, but like, as I saw it, they really, like, it, it really was hurting me. So she always told me, like, to stay strong. Like, I always knew she's, like, a strong person, strong woman. She always cared for everybody. She would always give her last to anybody, whether they gave their last to her or not.
0: I know she's always tried to make your games in the past. What about now that you're in the NFL?
4: I kind of made her miss the um, Washington game. That was the first game she ever missed ever from high school, elementary, literally, and she was like crying about it. Um, She's still going to try to make every game. Mm. I just didn't want her to drive that far by herself because I I couldn't get her no plane ticket that weekend. (laughs) So I didn't really want her. That's the only game she didn't miss so far. I think she's going to make every other game, even London. Wow.
0: We're visiting with Damian Wellis. You were a football and a basketball star at Southeast Lauderdale High School. Yeah. Earlier this year, they retired your number 15. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the ceremony and what that honor meant to you.
4: Yeah, I was on, I don't know where I was going. I was on my way to either school. I had to finish like my last semester. I'm at last class. And I got a phone call from my coach. She was like, um, they want to retire your number, I retire your jersey. We you know if you come back. So I set a date. So when I got there, I didn't know how many people was going to be there, so I was like, uh, I want to see how how much I really meant to the school. So when I got in there, it was like it was like a lot of people. Like the gym was pretty packed. It meant a lot. It mean like they really cared for me and everything. And then I know like my first uh, NFL game at, at the Seahawks, they had a pep rally for the football team, but they also had like a separate pep rally like right after, and they sent me the video. It was pretty cool. You dreamed of going to Ole Miss. But you weren't highly recruited. Do you
0: have any idea why? I look at how athletic you are and see some of your achievements in high school. I'm trying to figure it out.
4: I had the same question, too. I, don't, I really don't know why I wasn't highly recruited. I can probably say because, because I came from a small school, I didn't really understand, like, the recruiting process. Like, it was, like, so big on, like, stars. I didn't have, I only. think, I think I had probably, like, two stars. I don't know how I got them. I went to one old Miss camp. I showed out. I did good. Um, Hugh Freeze brought me to his back office. He talked to me and my coach. And he was just like, if DeMarcus Lodge, you know what I'm saying, doesn't pick up the hat, then uh, he's going to choose me. But he ended up picking up the hat and signing with Ole Miss. So I really don't know why nobody else like really recruited me. Oh, I had small schools. I'm not going to say nobody really recruited me. None of the bigger Power 5 schools, I, I really don't know why they didn't recruit me.
0: Their loss. You started your college career at East Mississippi Community College, which became famous because of the TV series Last Chance U, Your first two years there were the first two years of the TV series. Did you enjoy having all those
4: cameras around? Uh, Well, I wasn't like a big big factor, like a main character Mm -hmm. in the um, story. I really didn't like being on camera because, one, I wasn't like the main guy. As soon as I got into East Mississippi, I knew there was going to be like doing like the drop-down guy, so I really didn't want to be in the camera. And even the second year, um, I signed a piece of paper saying that I didn't really want to be the main character because, one, I had even played the year before a lot. I only played like – maybe at the most 17 snaps out of the whole nine game. So mm-hmm. I really didn't want to be featured in it. So it was, it was pretty cool to have him around, but I wasn't like the main character. So it was all right.
0: You'll be ready for hard knocks the next time the Bengals are on it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hopefully we never get on it because I heard that's like the worst, the worst teams get on hard knocks. So hopefully we're never on it.
0: Fair enough. After two years there, you moved on to Troy University, but you came this close to playing for the University of Cincinnati Bearcats, right?
4: Right. Um, out of high school, um, they came to one of my basketball games, and uh, the coach did. And uh, after the basketball game, he said, uh, I wanted to offer you a scholarship to the um, University of Cincinnati. So I was really excited, and he's he like, he wants me to take a visit this weekend. So that Friday night as I was packing my clothes, he called me, and then he was like, well, I'm sorry, I really hated it, but the guy, we offered two of y'all, two, both two of two of y'all, and the other guy had committed already. And so I was, he was like, I still want you to come on the visit. I just didn't see no point in going on the visit, knowing that I couldn't attend that school.
0: Khalil Lewis wound up at Cincinnati and had a fine career, but I'm sure they could have gotten both of you guys on the field.
4: Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> most definitely.
0: So you had a fine career at Troy, and the Bengals had a fifth-round grade on you in the NFL draft, but you weren't selected. How disappointed were you not to be drafted?
4: Uh, I was kind of hurt. Expecting, uh, I really wanted to get drafted. Each each day, I watched every selection from the NFL draft, thinking that the fifth round through the seventh round, I was actually gonna get a call. Actually, the fourth round through the seventh round, I thought I was gonna maybe get a call. I didn't get a call. I got a call in like at the end of the seventh round from like different teams. Those just for free agents and stuff, and that's why I chose the Bengals. You watched every pick. That's a long process. It is. It's a very long process. Actually, I watched it. It was me, my fa- me, my mother, my girlfriend. My, grand, my grandparents and my uncle, we all watched every pick. So you signed with the Bengals after the draft. What was it about Cincinnati that appealed to you? I came on a pre-draft visit here. I mean, I really enjoyed like, the coaching staff and everything like that. And uh, they didn't select any receivers in the draft, so I figured if I come here, I at least have a, like a decent chance of making the team. I see, I saw what they had like AJ, John Ross, and Tyler Boyd, so I probably knew I was going to be like in the first string, in the first mix of it. But then I felt like I could get into that second rotation in special teams maybe.
0: So you not only made it, but before the final preseason game, you were basically told you had made the team and that you were going to start the season opener in Seattle. Was that surreal to you?
4: Yes, considering that um, the media had told me. So I was like, then I had to go out there and practice. And so when I came back, I really like took it, like, like looked at it, like, wow, I really, I really am finna start my career as a starter week one as a free agent. So I really like look at all the obstacles I had to overcome. I mean, I'm not done yet, but this has been a journey so far.
0: A few more fun facts with Damian Willis. What do you enjoy to do in your spare time?
4: I really like talking to my girlfriend, if that's, if that's, if that's that, that sounds crazy. <laughs> well, uh, I like to play the game a lot, and uh, I like to hang out with people. I really don't like to sit at home, just be bored. But if I was back at home in the country, i, lo- I love to go fishing. I love fishing. Do you have a guilty
0: pleasure? Is there something that you splurge on with your money?
4: No, I'm not really like a big a big spend guy. I don't really like to spend my money. I rather really like to see it grow than what to get taken away.
0: <laughs> they taught you well at yeah. Troy and and uh, in your in your lifetime. Final fun fact for Damian Willis: Who was your all-time favorite athlete growing up?
4: Any sport? Brandon Marshall. That was my favorite athlete growing up. I, I have no idea why. It's between Brandon Marshall and um, LeBron James, but I love watching. I love watching both of them, but Brandon Marshall is just like as far as like football, I just I just love watching him since he came in and playing with the Denver Broncos.
0: He had a great career. Yours is off to a great start. Congratulations. Thanks for the time.
4: Uh thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: That's Damian Willis. We want to remind you that you can hang out with Lapp and me and meet Bengals players on our radio shows this week. On Wednesday night from six to eight, we'll be at Wishbone Tavern on Del High Pike. For the Bengals Game Plan Show, our scheduled guest from 7 to 8 is Alex Erickson. Then on Friday afternoon from 3 to 6, we'll be at Buffalo Wings and Rings in Crestview Hills, Kentucky for the Bengals Pep Rally Show. A Bengals player joins us in the final hour, and we'll know who it is later in the week. That's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or leave a comment. Those five-star ratings help more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde. Thank you for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.